If you have your Bibles, let's look here in Psalms chapter 34 and verse 1. Psalms chapter 34 and verse 1. As you're turning there, uh, one thing I want to share with you, as a minister, and Pastor Josh can corroborate this, you know, this point, that as a minister, sometimes you have to preach through distractions. I mean, we see you guys, we see you dozing off, we see you texting, we see you eating or whatever. So there's times where you have to preach through distractions. And I think I sh- shared this with Elder Tony. Last year, it was probably in March of last year, I was ministering at a church in Logan, West Virginia. That's, that's where I'm from. And as I'm up there ministering, there's a family that walks in on the front uh, side of the church, the, the second section, and uh, on the right. And as they walk in, there's the husband and wife, and there's, I think there's three kids. Two of them looks like they're probably in middle school. One of them looks like he's in high school. And they sit down, and as I'm ministering, this lady reaches into, I don't want to call it a purse. I mean, it looked like a big duffel bag, like an army bag. So she reaches into this huge bag and pulls out a big bag of potato chips. Now, I'm not talking about the small kind that you get in the vending machine. I'm talking about the hunger buster family size that you buy at Sam's. And she pulls that up out of her bag, and and next thing I know, she opens it up, and she's just looking at me like nothing's going on. I'm thinking, I hope that's communion bread or what's going on. I look at the pastor, and he acts like nothing's going on, and they're sitting there, and then she passes out plates to the family, and they're there. They're passing out plates, and they got their plates. And then she goes over and starts dumping chips into their plates, and they're just sitting there watching me like they're at a ball game or something. <laughs> or they're watching me preach like they're at a ball game or something, and I'm thinking to myself, man, what? You know, there's been some crazy distractions, but one of the greatest distractions for me as a minister was probably about four years ago when my oldest son, Branson, was about two and a half. And I was scheduled to minister at a church once again in Logan on a Sunday night. Thank God it was a country church. I have preached there for years. I've known the pastor for a long time and know most of the people in the congregation, wonderful people. And uh, Sabrina couldn't make it that evening, so she took Hudson with her, and I brought Branson with me to service. And as I get in the service, there was one older lady that I've known for a long time. I asked her, I said, hey, do you mind watching Branson while I minister? Uh, That way, you know, I've got the coloring books, the crayons, I've got food, snacks for him. Just sit there and entertain him until I'm done ministering. She said, sure, not a problem. So I get up and I start ministering, you know, maybe a third into my message or something. I noticed my son was getting fussy and I'm thinking, man, I hope he doesn't do anything to embarrass me. So next thing I know, he breaks away from this woman. And I see my son, now he's tall, or not very tall, he's only two and a half years old and there's pews everywhere, and I just see his head like six inches of it, uh, sticking above the pew, and he's just walking back and forth between the pews, he goes down the aisle, goes over to the other section. The whole time I'm preaching, I'm thinking 1 Timothy 3, 5, where Paul said, if a man can't control his own house, how can he pastor the church, uh, the church of God? So I'm mortified. I'm trying to preach through this distraction. My son's going back and forth. And and, and at the end of the service, I'm thinking, oh, man, I hope the pastor has me back. So I'm talking to the pastor, and I I go up to him. About that time, Branton runs up to me. He's so excited, and he's got a wad of cash in his hands that could choke a horse. And I had thought at that time, I thought, man, he probably stole that money from someone's purse or something. So I looked at him. I was like, Branton, where'd you get that money? He He could tell I was upset. He kind of put his head down and... And he didn't say anything. Well, that lady that, was, that I asked to watch him, she came up and she said, Brother Billy, I'm sorry, I tried. She said, but he kept walking around and asking people for money so he could buy chocolate ice cream after church. <laughs> so the pastor's there, he's standing there, and Joe, and he looks at me. I said, Pastor, I'm so sorry. I, you know, I, I apologize. And he said, well, I'm not embarrassed that that took place. He said, I'm more embarrassed that he got a better offering tonight than you did. 
And it was at that moment that I realized my son is destined to be a TV evangelist. <laughs> Send in your miracle seed offering, you'll receive healing water from heaven. All right, so we have to preach through distractions. But look what David said in Psalms 34 and 1. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. David said, I'll bless the Lord at when? All times. I'll bless the Lord when I don't get the job. I'll bless God when I don't close on the house. I'll bless God when my uh, finances get declined. I'll bless God when the healing doesn't manifest when I want it to. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. And there's so many Christians out there that their praise is contingent upon monetary things. And they tell God, God, if you bless me with this job, if you bless me with this corner office, if you bless me with this big house, if you bless me with this new car, then I'll praise you. And God said, listen, you're wrapped up in the wrong things. You need to bless God for something so much deeper and greater than the house, than the car, than the finances. You need to praise God because you've got health in your body. You need to praise God because God healed your body. You need to praise God because he saved you and set you free. You need to praise God because instead of being in the hospital this morning, you drove past the hospital this morning to make it to the house of God. You need to praise God because instead of being in the cemetery, you drove past the cemetery so you could be in the house of God. You need to praise God because instead of being in the loony bin, you drove past the loony bin this morning so you can make it to the house of God. David said in Psalms 117.15, he said, The dead praise not the Lord, neither do they go down in silence. In other words, David said, if you're dead, you have nothing to praise God about. But if you have been spiritually made alive through and by the blood of Jesus Christ, then you've got something to shout about and rejoice. And you can bless God at all times and allow his praise to continually to be in your mouth. What did David say in the 150th Psalm? He said, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent goodness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with a lute and harp. Praise him with a timbrel and dance. Praise him with the string instruments and flutes. Praise him with the loud cymbals. Praise him with the clashing cymbals. Verse 6 says, Let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. If you've got breath in your lungs, you've got something to praise God for this morning. Because God healed you, He saved you, and He set you apart. Psalms 107.2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He hath redeemed from the hand of thy enemy. If God pulled you out from the hand of the enemy and brought you into His marvelous light, you've got something to shout about. You've got something to rejoice about. Why? Because God is still God. He's working on your behalf and he will be Lord over your situation. Hebrews 13, 5 says Jesus Christ will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Proverbs 18, 24 says a man that hath friends must show himself friendly, but Jesus is the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, teaching him to observe whatsoever things I've commanded you and lo, I am with you always. Always, even until the ends of the earth. Didn't David say in the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What's that mean? Well, the little girl misquoted that scripture in Sunday school class, and she said, the Lord is my shepherd, that's all I want. 
How many knows if you've got Jesus, you've got the main thing? David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why, David? Because the Lord is with me. Thy rod, thy staff, thou cover me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over him. A preacher and a politician was asked to quote the 23rd Psalm at the governor's inauguration. The preacher got up and he began to quote the 23rd Psalm. And the power of God fell on him. And the anointing was so strong, he stumbled through the 23rd Psalm. He wasn't very eloquent when he, we quoted the 23rd Psalm. And he was struggling as he went through because the anointing was so strong and he couldn't contain him. Well, he sat down and he felt deflated. The politician, he got up and he began to quote the 23rd Psalm. I mean, he enunciated all of his words. He spoke with clarity. He spoke with boldness. And he did a wonderful job. And everyone started to applaud in the auditorium. But there was one lady sitting in the back of the auditorium that said, wait a minute, there's one thing that's for sure. The politician knows the 23rd Psalm, but the preacher knows the shepherd of whom the Psalm is talking about. I know Jesus, he's my king and he is my Lord. And there's so many times in our Christian walk that we allow pride to keep us from the blessings of God. Pride. Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Now, I run just about every morning. I run six days a week, and um, I run four days, take a day off, and I just rotate that. And there's a dog in the neighborhood that every time, almost every time I'm out there, that dog chases me. It's a golden retriever, and her, her name's Ellen. She seems like a sweet dog, but she chases me all the, time, all the time. And I get aggravated and frustrated about it. So I'm driving out of the subdivision one day, and I've got my boys in the back. And I'm talking about pride, and this is my point, pride. I've got my boys in the back of the truck with me, and we start talking and everything. And, and one of them said, Dad, look, there's Ellis. She's the dog that chases you. And I said this without thinking. I wish I wouldn't have said it, but I did. And I said it in the flesh. I said, well, if Ella chases me one more time, Daddy's got guns that can take care of Ella. And I wish I wouldn't have said that because I would never harm the dog. I mean, I, deep down, it's a sweet dog, but I'm tired of it chasing me. So, and I told the boys, I said, boys, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Daddy shouldn't have said that. I said, I responded in the flesh. I never should have said that. And they said, okay. So we're driving down the road, and, and this is my two sons having this conversation with me. I've got a five-year-old and a six-year-old, and this is what we're talking about. And so one of them asked me, said, Dad, um, instead of running down in front of Ella's house, couldn't you just run down so far and turn around? That way Ella doesn't chase you. And that made so much sense because that's so true. But I'm not going to let a five or six-year-old boy tell me what to do. And I said, well, Daddy could do that, but Daddy pays taxes just like they do. And daddy pays the HOA fees just like they do. So daddy has access to the street in front of their house. And they're like, okay, okay. And then they said, what's the HOA? I said, it's a homeowners association that kind of governs the body there. And I tried to explain it. And I'm always trying to teach my boys. So then we're continuing. We're driving down the road. And one of them, I think it was Branch at this time, he said, daddy. He said, well, if you don't want to do that, he said, could you go down and talk to the dog owner and maybe they could put the dog up while you're running? I said, I could, but I'm not going to do that. 
I mean, this is where the wheels fall off the wagon right here. Then, then one of them says, well, Daddy, if that doesn't work, could you and Mommy go down and talk to the dog owners? <laughs> By this time, I'm furious. And this is why I got so upset, because then they said, this was the straw that broke the camel's back. The third time, they said, well, Daddy, if that doesn't work, could you go to the HOA, uh, the, the, the organization, and have them go down and talk to the individual? And it dawned on me. I had just taught my kids about Matthew 18, 15. It says if, you, if someone trespasses against you, you go to that individual. If that doesn't solve the problem, then you get two or three witnesses. And if that doesn't solve the problem, verse 18 says you bring it before the whole church. My boys just used the Bible on me. They used the word on me because then Branson said, well, Daddy, you said over, I think you said it was maybe in Matthew 18 that if you've got problems, this is how you saw. I said, I stopped the truck. I said, shut up right now. <laughs> and I looked back and I told him, I said, I just want you guys to know, I don't love you. You're adopted. Get out of the truck. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I did not say that. But I was so upset that my five and six-year-old boys, I can quote way more scriptures than they can. They were schooling me in the word of God, but I was too stubborn to receive from them. Why do we do that? Why are we so stubborn and, 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 and overwhelmed with pride that we can't receive from someone? And my young boys were teaching me a life's lesson and I didn't want to receive. But David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. He's not going to allow pride to stop him from praising his God who delivered his life from destruction and set him into marvelous light. Why? Because when you're facing a storm, when you're going through a trial and a tribulation, that's just an opportunity for God to show his strength. Matthew 19, 20 with men this is impossible but with God all things are possible Mark 9 23 says all things are possible to them that believe Ephesians 3 20 says now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think according to his power that works within you and I aren't you glad that the greater one lives on the inside of you and you can draw from that gift you can draw from that anointing and when you find yourself going through a storm go ahead and bless the Lord at all times because it's an opportunity for God to reveal his strength and power in your life. David said in Psalms 119.71, he said, it's good for me that I've been afflicted, that I would learn your faithfulness, O God. David said this, you can't learn the faithfulness of God from a preacher or by reading a secular book or by Instagram or social media. You learn the faithfulness of God when all hell's breaking loose in your life and you've got to trust God to get you through the storms of life. David said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be where? In my mouth. He didn't say it would be in my head, in my thoughts, in my emotions. No, David said, I want to get it in your mouth. Because if you get it in your mouth, it's down in your spirit. And you'll speak the word of God over the situation. And God will begin to move mountains around. God will be able to move the, the opposition around. Why? Because God is good. And he's working on your behalf. So we have an opportunity. No matter where we're at, we have that opportunity to bless God. Uh, last uh, fall, I was um, working out on the turnpike, and there's a contractor that we work with. I've worked with this contractor for years, and I, mo I know almost everyone that, that's employed by this company. Well, last year, 
Uh, I think it was in September or October, something like that. I'm out there on the job, and there's a guy that I hadn't seen before. And he hadn't met me, and we, we've never met or anything. So um, I'm out there on the job, and he comes over and starts talking to, to me, and I introduce myself. And he told me he wasn't from the area, and, and he asked me where I was from. I said, well, I'm from Putnam, Putnam County. I, I live in uh, Taze Valley, and we started talking and everything. And he asked me, he said, man, do you know anywhere I can go to have some fun? He doesn't know I'm a preacher. I said, yeah, I know all kinds of places you can go to have fun. I said, are, are you ever in the Huntington area? He said, sometimes I go down there to work. I said, man, I've got the perfect place for you. He said, can we, we can go down there and party. I said, man, you can go down there and party. He said, do they have women there? I said, they've got all kinds of women there. He said, man, where's this place at? I said, and I, I had to uh, use certain words so I wouldn't give it away. I said, well, this establishment is in Huntington. I said, man, we like to party. He said, do you guys drink down there? He said, what do you guys drink? I said, we drink wine from the portals of glory. He still didn't get what I was saying. It hadn't, I mean, he hadn't grasped it yet. So and I, he said, uh, when do you particularly go? I said, man, I love going on Wednesdays and Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. He said, you get drunk on Sunday mornings. I said, you better believe it, baby. <laughs> he said, where's this place at? And I had to give it up. I said, it's New Life Church in Huntington, West Virginia. He said, oh, blank, man, you're a preacher, aren't you? <laughs> now, I didn't browbeat him and tear him down or anything like that, but I shared my faith, I shared my testimony, and I shared the goodness of God, and we were able to, to, to talk over the, 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 that experience and everything. But I'm serious. When I come to the house of God, I come to receive from the Spirit of the Lord. Because, listen, when you come to receive from me or Pastor Josh or someone else, we're going we're gonna to let you down, human nature. But if you come to receive from God, God won't let you down. God will pour out His Spirit in your life. And we're talking about revival this week, and one thing we've got to understand, Understand, revival doesn't come when the church gets full of people, but it's when the people get full of God. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. John 7, 37, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, Whosoever thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. For he that has believed unto me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. John 4, 13, Jesus struck up, struck up a conversation with a Samaritan woman. He said, If you drink of this water, you'll thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I shall give, you, you shall never thirst again, but it shall be a spring in you, a well in you springing up into everlasting life. Aren't you glad you tasted of the Lord Jesus Christ? Aren't you glad you drink from the portals of glory? You didn't quit drinking. You just switched fountains. Amen. Someone said, did you quit dancing when you got saved? No, I just switched partners. Amen. Psalms 149 verse 3 says, let us praise his name in a dance. 2 Samuel 6 14 says, and David danced before the Lord with all of his might, leaping and praising God. Sometimes people get excited in the presence of God. Aren't you glad for that? Uh, Sabrina and I, we were down at the uh, Civic Center years ago. T.D. Jakes had come in to minister. I, it's probably been 15 years ago or so. And I wanted to see him live and in person. And so we were there at the Civic Center. It was on a Saturday morning, and, um, and there was, uh, I don't know, three or four police, I think it was three police officers. I guess they were there providing security. I don't know if they were off duty at the time and just providing security, but they had their uniform on. 
And me and Sabrina's up in the, uh, in the stands and everything, and service is going on. It was one of those praise services. I mean, people were just praising God. And I'm looking, and I see those uh, three uh, police officers before service. They're sitting there, you know, standing there all dignified, and I mean, staunch. And I mean, they look, you know, very professional. And as service started going on, I kept watching in because next thing you know, you'd see a couple of them just start swaying side to side. And then I saw one guy, you know, he kept his hand on his guns, but then he would raise his hand and praise the Lord, and then he put it back on his gun. I'm thinking, oh, man, I hope he doesn't shoot anyone or anything. <laughs> and before TDJ, well, actually, when TDJ got up, of course, he rocked the crowd, and everybody's shouting and dancing all over the place. I look over, and I see those two cops took off running. <laughs> They're running around the auditorium. One of them is dancing and shouting and praising God. I thought, man, if God can pour out his spirit on an on-duty or off-duty police officer, how much more should you and I, who are saved and born again, filled with God's best, anointed of God, called of God, equipped of God, saved of God, healed of God, how much more should you and I lift our voice and rejoice because he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. David said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. All times. It doesn't matter. If you don't get the job, if you don't get the car, if you don't get the house, you don't lose your shout because your shout is based on the fact that Jesus Christ is your Lord today. David said in 100 Psalm, make a joyful shout to God all your lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, it is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. Why, David? For the Lord, he is good. Oh, come on. You could do better than that. For the Lord, he is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures unto all generations. If you knew what was on the other side of your mountain, you would stand up and rejoice because the greater one lives on the inside of you today. I will open my mouth unto the Lord. David said, not my thoughts, but my actions. Why? Because when you raise your hand, you're declaring that Jesus is Lord over the situation. He's going to bring victory in your life today. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Why? Because we're preparing ourselves for revival, a move of the Spirit. Man, sometimes when the anointing flows and the Spirit's moving, you may knock bobby pins out of your hair, your mascara may run down your face, you may flop around like a fish, but baby, when you get in the presence of God, it changes everything. If you think for one moment, when I stand before God, when I go to heaven and I see Jesus and Paul and Peter and all these disciples, and I see all my family members that went on to heaven before me, that I'm going to stand there all dignified. Hallelujah. So nice to meet you, Jesus. I'm glad to finally meet. If you think I'm going to stand there, man, I may come in sliding on my back. I may come in flopping like a fish. Why? Because after all the hell I faced on this earth, I'm going to praise the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm going to stand before him and rejoice because he saved me and set me apart and brought me into the family of God. Right standing today, you have an opportunity to lift your voice and let God know that he's your king and he's working on your behalf. Oh, God is good. God is good. When you lift your voice, you're declaring that Jesus is Lord over your situation. 
When you lift your voice, you're declaring that Jesus is the healer today. When you lift your voice, you're declaring that he's the way maker. When there seems to be no way. Why? Because he's a good God. And David said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'll tell you what, I, I couldn't wait to get here this morning so I could say, thus say the Lord. I feel something kicking me in the back right now. I feel the Holy Ghost and the anointing of God. Listen, when you get into the presence of God, it makes all the difference in the world. Psalm 1611 says, In thy presence is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. When you get into the presence of God, God begins to move things around. God sets things in order, and God begins to manifest himself and bring healing into a broken situation. God brings restoration to his people. I know we as Christians, we say, man, I've heard people say, talk about charismatic Christians. They've used the word that we're uncouth or we're opulent or flamboyant in our praise and worship. Listen, if you knew who I was and where I was going before I met Jesus, you'd start rejoicing too. If you knew what I was facing and what I went through in my life and where I may am today, you would start rejoicing too. Look back over your life and see the faithfulness of God and declare that Jesus is Lord today. Let's just praise God. I don't have to preach. Let God show up. Let God minister to his people. Let the manifest presence fall. We want revival. Do you really want him? Maybe you've got to stay late for church. Maybe you've got to act a little crazy. But listen, when you truly desire the presence of God, God will show up and meet you right where you're at. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout unto God because he's your Lord. Shout because he healed you and set you free. Brought you into the family of God. When no one cared about you, God cared about you. When no one loved you, God loved you. When no one was on your side, God was on your side. When the doctor gave you an evil report, God showed up and brought his healing into that situation. Acts 16, 25 says, Now when Paul and Silas began to sing and praise God, God began to shake the earthquake. And the Bible says not only were Paul and Silas set free, but everyone around them were set free by the power of God. When you lift your voice, not only are you inviting the presence of God down into this service to set you free, but you're inviting the presence of God to set everyone free in the house of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know God loves you and cares for you more than anything. God, I just see God throwing a life raft at you. You know he loves you and cares cares for you more than anything. When it seemed like no one cared, God said, I was there with you, sustaining you and keeping you the entire time. So don't worry about what they say. Don't, matter, don't worry about the confusion. Declare that your identity is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that, you can stand today and declare that Jesus is your Lord and he's the one that got you through that situation. If I lay, I don't know what this is called. My wife knows. 
she dresses me. I guess this is called a coat or something. If I lay my coat on the uh, altar here and I say, coat, praise the Lord. It just lays there. It's not doing anything. Coat, I want you to lift your hands and praise the Lord. It's just lying there. It's not doing anything. Coat, I want you to dance for the Lord. Well, it can't do that. It just lies there because it can't. It's just a coat. But if I put my coat on, I say, Coke, praise, lift your hands. Guess what? My Coke can lift its hands. Coke, praise the Lord. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Why? Coat, dance for the Lord. My coat can dance for the Lord. Why? Because it's not the coat. It's what's on the inside of the coat. When you stand and declare, your spirit man is speaking unto God and you're declaring that Jesus is Lord over your situation. David said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. What do you mean all times? That means no matter what comes my way, I'm going to trust God to get me through because he's the king today. 2 Chronicles 20 and 22 says, Now when they begin to sing and praise the Lord, he said ambushments against the enemy. What's that mean? Whenever you start to sing and praise God, it invites the presence of God down in your situation. Psalms 22 and 3 says that God inhabits the praises of his people. In other words, when you begin to praise God, God said, I'll come down right there in the midst, in your situation, and I will bring resolution. I want you to know today, as a church, as a body of Christ, and the direction that Pastor Josh through the Holy Spirit has taken us, God's wanting to move in a great and mighty way. This isn't hype, but it's hope from the word of God. And whenever you stand and declare, God said, I'll show up and I'll fight your battles for you and you trying to fight the battles in and of yourself in the flesh you're going to feel depleted but if you allow God to fight your battles for you you're going to walk away without even the smell of smoke on your garment I will bless the Lord at all times 